From the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello and welcome to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. We're honored that you're joining us today, especially for our listeners in Europe. If they're joining us for the live show, the reason, of course, is due to European countries changing their clocks back to standard time over the weekend. So for the last six months or so, they were tuning in at 1800 in continental Europe, and today you remember to join us at 1700, which is 5 p.m. for those who aren't used to using a 24-hour clock. And yes, I should clarify that our listeners in the U.K. and Portugal are one hour earlier than the times I just mentioned. Now, while I'm on the topic of time change, 48, or now that I think of it, it's probably more accurately 47.5, or about 47.5 of the United States, will change their clocks before our next show. So if you live in one of those states or areas that change your clocks, be sure to change your calendar to tune in one hour earlier than you have been. Now, we look forward to you and many more listeners letting us know when you become millionaires due to the ideas, advice, and emphasis on fundamentals that you got from listening to Wealth DNA Radio Show. In several of the successes to date, our listeners' financial success has been due to getting to know and working with some of our sponsors. So we certainly have to thank our sponsors who have helped defray the cost of putting the many great shows together. Becoming a millionaire is often considered a kairos moment in a person's life. I disagree. I think that becoming a millionaire is the end result of prior kairos moments in their life. Now, if you have no idea what I'm referring to as Kairos Moments, you certainly will by the end of the show, since that is our topic today, the Kairos Moments in your life. Now, regardless of where you are in the world, whether you're tuning in to the live show or listening to the archive, I'm confident you'll be glad you joined us, and whether you're new to investing, have decades of experience, you're retired, working, wealthy, or you lost all of your investments during the Great Recession, You should take this time to reflect on the key moments in your life and write down those thoughts as you listen to the show. Now, if you're driving, just listen to some of of the examples I share and then re-listen from the archive at a time when you reflect and write down the key moments in your life. Don't try to do too much reflection while you're driving. Pay attention to the road. And let me remind you, if you don't gain some new knowledge during this hour, we have a 200% money-back guarantee. Yes, we'll refund double what you paid to listen. Now, admittedly, I'm confident I don't have to pay out any refunds at the end of the show, since it will be about getting to know yourself better, and specifically the key moments or events in your life that shaped you as a saver and investor. So the biggest reason that you don't learn something new is you don't take the time to reflect on your life and some of those moments that affected you, whether positively or negatively. I look forward to getting some testimonials from you and other listeners as how you were influenced by topics you heard on the Wealth DNA radio show. By the way, the two topics most often cited to date are the shows we did on Social Security and OPM, Other People's Money. And we are lining up another show on Social Security, talk a little bit more about some of the details and the many, many, many different ways to um, 
get your Social Security payments and decide when and how much and uh, who does it in what sequence. There are so many different combinations. Last I've heard, it's about 250 different ways. Now, I've learned from so many of our guests, it'd be hard for me to narrow it down to even a top 10 list. I've also been influenced by several great books I've read, many of which I've mentioned on past shows. Recently, I've uh, seen two documentary movies that have strengthened my conviction that you and I have to diversify and reduce our investments beyond Wall Street, Frankfurt, City of London, Tokyo, and other financial markets. I think I just listened to myself say some combination of diversify and reduce, but basically diversify your investments beyond those cities, those financial markets. These movies were so good, I'd like to actually recommend them to you. And you know that's a pretty rare occurrence here since I'm not a big fan of televisions and movies. And if, you, if you've seen these two in the past, or either one of them, I recommend seeing them again and specifically looking for the points that could negatively impact your portfolio. The two movies are these. Number one is Inside Job, which, re, uh, as I understand, received an Academy Award for Best Documentary. And if I'm wrong on that, don't blame me. I'm just going by the information I get. And Der Bunker, Master of the University. And Master is singular, not Masters of the University. I think it's some sort of game for uh, video gamers or something. It's based, this, uh, this whole movie is based on an interview with a former investment bank trader in Germany. So he's not one of the top bank guys. He was one one of the guys in the trenches. You know, the kind of guy that earns a million dollars a year to make decisions uh, on what to buy and what to sell, when to do it, and how to make money for the bank. Now, unless you're fluent in German, you'll need to periodically pause the movie to read the subtitles. It is in German. You'll even learn what to do the next time there's a crisis in Europe like the recent one in Greece, or the, actually it's been kind of several phases of that crisis, he shared the strategy that the investment banks tested out to make money on the backs of Greece and their bondholders. The strategy works so well, you can count on it being used in Portugal, Holland, Spain, or other European country that has similar economic crisis. Now, incidentally, with the pro-independence parties in Catalonia now having a majority, it is possible that a cessation from Spain occurs in the next few years. That is one of those things that could create a far larger scale, uh, a crisis on a far larger scale than in Greece. Now, combine that cessation with the strong national resentment for taking on large numbers of Syrian refugees, that could cause Spain to vote to exit the European Union. Not a prediction, just something to watch. But if this occurs, is your portfolio properly positioned and diversified? Now, we have a tradition of using a quote to set the stage for the topic, and today is no exception. Here's the quote. It is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. Let me repeat that. It is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. That quote is from Tony Robbins doesn't sound like Tony Robbins, does it? But a very, very profound quote, and you'll see how relevant it is to today's topic. Today, this quote may be the easiest way to identify the major Kairos moments in your life, to review those moments of decision. Today is Monday, October 26, 2015. It is 9.08 a.m. in Arizona, 12.08 uh, p.m. on the U.S. East Coast, and our 
uh, and it is, as I mentioned before, 1708 in continental Europe. It's the only day I ever like it. We'll do everything possible to make a great one. Now, if you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show, you are listening, not if. You are listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. show airs every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air. But if you miss some shows, like the shows I've mentioned uh, recently, um, in the last uh, eight minutes, that is, shows like OPM and Social Security, you may want to re-listen to them. You can find them on the archive. Just go to www.wealthdna.us where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, if you have a problem finding a show, if you want me to uh, find out, uh, you know, to, to, to let me know how one of them has affected your investment strategy, feel free to contact me, ron at wealthdna.us. Always like to hear from our listeners. Our sponsor today is BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix Scottsdale area. They've helped several of our investors become wealthy or achieve income for life, income for life, which I refer to as the holy grail of investing. Now, the U.S. equity markets, which completed a W pattern since mid-August, are off to a negative start. Asia was mixed overnight, and Europe, which will be closing very soon, is down. Uh, that could change. A couple of them are pretty flat there. And Brazil is down. Now, incidentally, if you were stressed by the volatility which created that W pattern I mentioned, just think of it as Bush's fault, George W. Bush, of course. Now, if you followed my subtle tip last month, it was exactly last month in the show, that I was buying on the way down despite the S&P 500 sell signal confirmation, you've probably done well. Now, what led me to do that despite this technical indicator saying to get out of the market? Obviously, some Kairos moments in my life, some of which I'll share today. Now, remember, I'm not allowed to tell you the market's heading next, but I will share some occasional pearls of wisdom. So while we're at it, if you're wondering what I'm doing now that the W pattern is complete, I'm selling far more than I'm buying. I'm following a strategy that never lost me a single dollar, namely taking profits. Now, if you're joining us for the live show, you can get to ask questions, make comments down in the uh, chat window below the radio player. And uh, I'd love to hear some of your Kairos moments in your life. But if you're listening to the archive, neither of those options will work. Trust me on that. When I say neither, I meant uh, you can either call in or use that chat window. So, yes, we do have a call-in number. It is at the top of the screen. I'll give that to you shortly. Since I won't have a guest today, you might notice some slight pauses. It's probably not your device or connection, but let's blame it on that. It's probably me taking breaths and sips of water. Now, if you ever talked continuously for close to an hour, you'll certainly know why. And no comments about my wife. She might listen to the show. Are you ready to reflect on the Kairos moments in your life? Well, I sure hope so. My ideal would have each of you share the Kairos moments in your life so we'd all get to know who you really are and why you invest the way you do or why you don't invest. But to do that, we first have to get a common understanding of what Kairos is. So let's start with a definition and a few explanations, that some of which are almost poetic. Kairos is an ancient Greek word meaning the right or opportune moment. It's used to define a specific time, a moment of undetermined length in which something unique 
and special happens. Here are a few examples, if you will, of um, examples. Let me call them explanations uh, that are kind of follow-on to this definition. Instances where a person is so dramatically overwhelmed with life events that time stands still and is no longer relevant. When things of normal time cease and a person's focus is directed on one, defining specific, notable, and special moment that has deep significance to him or her. As life itself is put on hold and the drama of Kairos unfolds. A second explanation, a watershed moment that affects every aspect forevermore of the person's life. It's measured with the nature of time defined by quality rather than quantity. Again, back to that undetermined length. We don't pay attention to how much time passes. It's the experience, this is a third explanation, it's the experience of time that occurs between the clicking seconds and moving hands. Time stands still as life unfolds and takes eternal significance. Now you're thinking, I've never had events like this. Oh, sound very, very dramatic where you know the world stops. Well, I think you're taking that a little too seriously. Here are a few examples mentioned if you research the concept of Kairos moments. When our loved ones die, Kairos happens. Now, I unfortunately had two friends recently affected by suicides in their family. One of them, a mother whose daughter committed suicide. Now, I personally can't imagine the thoughts and depression overwhelming her trying to understand the answer to a simple question. Why? When we're faced with a truth that's so horrific that our normal minds can hardly grasp, Kairos happens. When we're faced with a life change beyond our control, when we're overwhelmed with sadness and loss, or maybe happiness and joy. When change abruptly comes to us, the time of Kairos transcends the clock and calendar. Let me share a Kairos moment. This will lighten it up a little bit. Because it sounds, again, like these are very dramatic. And this one has actually a fairly important Kairos moment for Charles Webb. Now, as I share this, maybe you'll figure out who Charles Webb is. While he was in high school, Charles dated a girl named Eve. Eve's mother, however, didn't think Charles was good enough for her daughter and did everything she could to keep them apart. Well, the two eventually got married, and Charles Webb got his payback for the resistance his now mother-in-law had demonstrated. He wrote a novel based on his experience, which became a best-selling book. Talk about a great Kairos moment, a bestseller. Well, the character of the mother-in-law he created as a drunken, promiscuous woman. Probably an over-exaggeration, but clearly his chance to get back at her. The book was so well-received, it later became a movie. Two young musicians really boosted their career by writing and singing the music for that movie. If you haven't yet surmised who Charles Webb is, he's the author of The Graduate, and he portrayed his mother-in-law as Mrs. Robinson. And for the musicians, Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, certainly Charles Webb's story was a Kairos moment in their lives, too. Congratulations, Charles, taking a negative Kairos moment And again, that moment might have been months or even years of courtship. 
I'll share a few Kairos moments in my life, some major and some minor, and I'll try to tell you which is which, and hope to inspire you to take some time today, whether that's now or sometime this week, to reflect on the Kairos moments in your life. And be sure to write them down, just not while you're driving, please. We want you to be around for the next show. Okay, here's the first one, and I'd consider this one a major one. It happened several years before I was even born. Now, you might be thinking, how can a Kairos moment in your life happen before you're even born? Well, I'll tell you. My parents had their first child, Eve. My father dreamed of having two kids, a boy named Adam and a girl named Eve, which I guess gives you an idea of his sense of humor. And my parents knew they could only afford to have two children and would be happy if they were able to have and to raise two My mother worried about her biological clock ticking since she was 36. And even then, it was common knowledge that it's far riskier to have children after the age of 40. They're either born with mental disabilities, very often Down syndrome, or occasionally very intelligent. In other words, the risk rises. Now, I hope you aren't drawing any conclusions of what's wrong with me. This moment of great joy for my mother, since back then she was alone in the birthing room, was absolutely shattered. Eve was not breathing. Her heart was not beating. Eve was stillborn. Yes, a major Kairos moment in my parents' lives. A very sad one. But let me share what that has to do with me. You see, their second child was born about a year later, another girl named Anita. Keep in mind, had Eve lived, they would have considered their family complete. I was born, 18 months later, the third of two kids planned. Now, I obviously can't be certain, because my parents are no longer alive, that they wouldn't have tried to have a third child had Eve lived. But I consider that a Kairos moment in my life. Had Eve lived, I may never have. This is one of the blessings that helps me to have an attitude of gratitude, recognizing every day is a blessing, and I need to take full advantage of that day. So I try to start each day with a carpe diem mindset. Now let me share a minor one next. During class on my second day of fourth grade, and maybe my memory's poor enough that it was actually third day, but I'm quite sure it was the second, the principal called my best friend Eddie and me to her office and told us to never come back to class. So I never finished fourth grade. Now, other events will make it clear that I eventually returned to school. I won't spend more time on that story, but the fact is, Eddie and I never finished fourth grade. So if you have have kids or grandkids who finished the fourth grade, you can encourage them. They already have accomplished something a few successful grown-ups never did, finishing fourth grade. Just from these first two stories, you should realize that What may seem like setbacks or sudden changes in your life path are very often something that lead to bigger and better things. So there's no reason to despair regardless of how dire things seem. And let me uh, remind our listeners, you're tuned to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. Our sponsor today is BI Solutions Corp., a real estate fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area. 
a great company to help you diversify your portfolio. Now, if you missed some of the prior shows or if you want to re-listen to them, we maintain an archive on wealthdna.us. If you'd like to get an email reminder of the shows, you have trouble finding a past show, send an email to me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. And reminder, during the show, we welcome you to ask questions, make comments. The easiest, of course, is to start a chat in the area below the radio player or call in 917-388-4162. You'll find that number at the top of the screen as well. Our topic today is Kairos Moments in Your Life. Now, even though I'm sharing examples from my life, my intent is to help you think through those moments or events in your life. And I welcome you to share them in the chat window or call in share them with us. Let me move to a third Kairos moment, and this one I consider a major one. I just didn't know it at the time. When I was 15, I was asked to make a private mortgage loan for a relative to help cover around 5% of their construction costs of a new home they were building. You see, they had been cheated, or maybe more appropriately defrauded, by George Mastrangelo, a small contractor in Buffalo, New York, who later researched who I later researched, I should say, and found many liens and complaints against them. Had they checked that, maybe they wouldn't have worked with them. Yes, George M. took a lot of the money the family had saved and didn't finish the home as promised. He essentially disappeared. Hmm. So they needed to borrow money to finish and move in. So I was one of the people they contacted, and certainly the youngest of those they contacted. At that time, it just seemed like a normal request from a relative. I had always been an avid saver and had put money aside, so why not lend it if I could help someone and earn a fair return? After all, I try to be a good Christian, so if I can help someone and it doesn't hurt me, I certainly will. Notice, I don't shy away from naming the guilty party who defrauded that family. I can only hope his family will realize how his dishonesty hurt hard-working people. Now, 35 or more years later, I realized that simple loan I made was the basis of a successful business I've been building since 2007. That may be an all-time record for time, for a time before recognizing a Kairos moment occurred. That's why I encourage you to look at these much earlier. I was just too young and immature to realize the significance of that Kairos moment. For for that matter, I had no idea what a Kairos moment was, and maybe you didn't at the beginning of the show, nor that this was a significant event in my life, or that it would become a significant event. You see, had I continued that type of private lending, I could have helped thousands of other people while continuing my career, and it could have made me wealthy very early in life. Wealthy by helping others. Incidentally, my propensity to save, even as a kid, had been a key factor helping me build my wealth. See, if we take that money and translate it into today's dollars, there aren't many 15-year-olds who have saved up about $7,500, which would be about 5% of the cost of building a modest home today. Did you have a Kairos moment in your life, just like this one in mine, where opportunity knocked and you didn't recognize how big an opportunity it was? Well, let me share the fourth one, and again, a major one in my life. It might kind of give you an idea of a little bit of my character in this particular uh, event. 
While discussing colleges, I was considering for engineering. A neighbor, Mrs. Harvillich, it was her name, told me to forget about Cornell, which was on my list. Only the very top students get accepted there. Even then, I already realized that time stood still. I didn't hear what else happened in the next few minutes. I was rebelling against this negative assessment of my capabilities. Now, admittedly, up until that time, I was a pretty quiet and shy kid, helping my parents and other people more, and I spent more time doing that than I do with friends or girls. I probably would have gone to college closer to home and saved some money, but somehow that comment woke me up. It made me want to prove her wrong. And by the way, I have a BS in engineering and an MBA in finance, both from Cornell. Since then, I can say I really live Henry Ford's words. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Let me share a fifth one. This was a number of years later. It was in 1994. I remember the time exactly. Bill Longnecker who used to work with me at Scott Paper, lost his job. So he came to work with me at a consulting company that my old boss and I started four years earlier. Now, even though the job ads um, uh, that Bill looked through every week uh, were really primarily for his benefit, he happened to find an ad for a joint venture in Poland looking for a finance executive. You see, he knew I always had an interest in using my language skill and professional experience in Poland or Germany after the Berlin Wall fell. And again, think of the timing, five years after the Berlin Wall fell. So I sent our company brochure and my qualification summary, which is kind of what we used as an individual resume uh, representing the company, which described the types of projects we were doing. I'll shorten the many months of meetings and negotiations and share the bottom line. I received an offer to join Pepsi in Poland as CFO for a $300 million operation they had acquired a few years earlier. It was a 150-year-old chocolate company, by far the largest in Poland, and that is also where my wife and I first met, all because Bill Longnecker checked the ads. Now, I started out trying to convince them to hire me on a consulting basis and basically to have our company perform what they needed done. And I guess you could say I failed. But I did get a great position working in a very exciting post-communist country in a large company with a lot of great people. The position was planned to be for two to three years, although I remained in Poland and other parts of New Europe for 13 years in total. Wow, all because a friend was reading the want ads. Now, a sixth one, and I'm going to classify this as major with a question mark because the jury is still out on whether this becomes a very major one. I was at the International Church of Budapest during a 10-week series of sermons on the Ten Commandments. I guess you can figure out that it was one week was one commandment. And there I got the inspiration for the Ten Commandments for investing. By the way, that service there was at least an hour and a half, lots of singing and a sermon of at least 45 minutes, which sometimes went to an hour. Now, on the surface, you might wonder, how could so much be said about a single commandment to fill 45 minutes? They're so short. And yet, that was part of the inspiration. 
The commandments are like seeing the title of one of our shows. If you just hear, we should define the Kairos moments in our life. Do you really know what that means? That inspiration became a major factor in my launching a successful investment fund using the business intelligence software I was working with at the time. I also launched my passion for helping people become better investors through the articles I started to write on investing. The column was called Investment Insights, and eventually that led to the Wealth DNA radio show, which you probably know we started five years ago. And those commandments are planned to be the basis of my first book, which, by the way, is about 60% written. So will it be major? Let's see if I get the book done. Let me move to a minor one to contrast it a little bit. But I felt this one is relevant to all taxpayers, so I thought I'd share it. See, in 2006, and you can see I'm going somewhat chronologically in my life, but that's how I thought of these things. In 2006, the Polish government, where I was living at the time, changed the personal income tax rule for foreigners, effective in 2007. And by the way, the bill was actually signed at the end of November, so we're talking about a little bit over a month of forewarning. I made the decision and convinced my wife that it made no economic sense to continue living in and investing our money in Poland and paying five to ten let's try it again five to ten times as much in taxes as we had been paying. Notice I said five to ten times as much. I didn't say five or ten percent more. There was a potential we could pay more than one hundred percent of our income in taxes as a result of this legislation. Now, if you wonder how that's possible, we'd have to have a longer discussion. But it certainly was, because it would have wrapped retirement funds in there, since they weren't recognized as retirement funds in Poland. So we sold our home there and had no idea which country we were moving to, although I I knew absolutely it would be a warmer climate. We didn't even look at other options. Nor did we know what we'd be doing when we get there. I certainly couldn't continue running the venture capital firm, which focused on investing in companies and opportunities in New Europe. I couldn't do it from far away. Now, I merely had faith that the answers would arrive when I needed to know. With this decision to leave, I became the first tax refugee. My wife and I, I guess, became the first tax refugees. Can't, can't call this all myself. If there is such a thing, we left Poland or we planned to leave Poland and move back to the U.S., and that's where we ended up moving. You see, the decision to leave, the direction setting to the powers above has made all the difference. I didn't try to make all those decisions myself. One of the key points I want to emphasize is that most of us complain about how much properties cost where we live or how much we pay in taxes, and the second being the most common, Based on my experience, I simply ask those folks, compared to what? Unfortunately, most people respond by comparing to what the costs were the prior year or 10 years ago or what they think they should be and have never really compared taxes or property costs to other markets or other countries. Yes, I pay income taxes, and yes, my tax returns are very long and complicated, but I pay far less than the 50 to 100%. I would have had to pay had I stayed. All right, you start to get the idea that some of these Kairos moments can be very strange 
changes in the direction in your life. Some decisions are made, like leaving the country. Let me share a few more. This eighth one, if you're keeping track, I would consider a major one. After moving back to the U.S., and it's obviously soon after the decision to leave, moving back to the U.S. and debating, what do I do when I grow up? And that's what I actually told people. Two people asked if I could help them with real estate transactions. One was an owner-occupant, uh, owner which obviously was looking for a home to live in and to buy. The other was an investor. Now, I, I took these requests and thought about them, kind of contrasting to my philosophy. Why not buy a property or lend if I can help someone and earn a fair return? Have you heard that story before? After all, I try to be a good Christian, so if I can help someone and it doesn't hurt me, I certainly will. So I did. And in the process, the two, two solutions I developed for those people are now two core solutions provided by our sponsor, the iSolutions Corp. Now, paraphrasing Robert Frost, taking that less traveled path of helping others has made all the difference for the people helped and for me. Now, the next one, I, again, is a question mark on whether it will turn out to be major. I attend a lot of seminars and training events, searching for that one or two pearls of wisdom that make the expense, time spent, and travel worthwhile. And occasionally, I'll meet someone at the event that makes it all worthwhile. And very often, it's just good to get your mind off of the day-to-day -day events and get you thinking a little more strategically, working on your business rather than working in your business during that seminar. Well, I attended a seminar given by Robert Kiyosaki. I was motivated to attend since I had heard a lot about his and Sharon Lecter's books, although I had not read a single one back then. Our listeners may recall we had Sharon Lecter on as a guest to kick off the series we did on financial literacy. But back to the story. Dr. Michael Carlton was at that seminar. as what I'll call the warm-up speaker for Robert Kiyosaki. Just don't tell Mr. Kiyosaki. I think Michael Carlton did a better job. You see, he shared some stories on chemical dependency and addiction, which is his specialty. He shared that people can't free themselves for these, from these addictions by deciding to quit. They're physically dependent and need help. He then used that framework to describe the addiction to poverty, which to a great extent is driven by a number of seemingly minor Kairos moments in a person's youth, which then they stick with them and eventually cause them to sabotage any success they start to have. Maybe you know some people like that who are convinced they can't be rich, so if things start going well, they trip themselves up. You see, this addiction to poverty was the critical missing piece in my attempts to articulate what keeps people from becoming wealthy, and that I later named the Wealth DNA Framework. Now, if you listen to our earlier shows in 2010, you'll remember when Dr. Carlton was our guest and speaking as the host, I have to admit, was one of the most fascinating interviews. That interview could have easily continued for one and a half or two hours. Actually, if you listen carefully, I said, whoops, I've lost track of time. We spent so much time enjoying our discussion that I forgot to get to the main topic. But back to the story. See, at that seminar where Dr. Wilco 
Dr. Carlton spoke, I recall how time literally stood still. I don't remember what was happening in the audience. There were probably 500 people there. It seems like he was talking to me, inspiring me to understand why a large percentage of the population will never become wealthy, unless, of course, they get the help to overcome this addiction to poverty. The first step, of course, is to recognize that they are addicted and to look for the Kairos moments in their life that led to that addiction. Very often, they were things that the family had said, the teachers had said, things they had seen happen to their families. Well, anyway, this concept became the basis of the D in wealth DNA. It's planned to be the topic of my second book, which is only about 10% written. And, of course, will this be a major or a minor uh, Kairos moment depends on the success of that book, or the success of getting the book written, should I say. And of course, that became the basis of this radio show. Now, I plan to leave enough time today at, at the end of today's show to review that wealth DNA framework. We haven't done that in quite some time. But let me pause here and uh, tell our listeners who just tuned in, you're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. Now, if you missed the earlier part of the show, you can listen to the earlier portion on the archive. If you missed prior shows, you can find them on the archives, www.wealthdna.us. Now, a reminder, during the show, we welcome you to ask questions, make comments. The easiest to start a chat in the area below the radio player or call in, and I am keeping an eye on the chat window, call in 917-388-4162, which is also shown at the top of the screen. Our topic today is the Kairos moments in your life. I'd love to hear from you about one or more Kairos moments that came to mind as I share a few of my own. Let me share another one. This one would be in the minor category, and again with a question mark, because it may turn out that it's bigger than I think. At another seminar, one of the most expensive I ever attended, with Marshall Silver, the Las Vegas hypnotist, the purpose of attending the three-day seminar was to enhance my selling skills and increase my personal power, as he describes it, by better understanding the way people respond to our words and our actions. And yet the most important lesson I learned, or in reality a lesson I relearned, but it really hadn't sunk in before, was on forgiveness. You see, when we don't forgive someone for something they did to harm us, we feel like we hold that over them, as if we could have power over them. We call, cause them pain or anguish by poking a voodoo doll whenever we think of it. Well, I encourage you to try this exercise yourself, whether now or after the show. Think about some past event you're angry or bitter about. Maybe it was a bitter divorce, a child leaving home, and someone who stole money from you or defrauded you, or maybe it was just something a person said that hurt. Maybe it was something your parents did many years ago. Take a few minutes to put yourself back in that situation. See what you saw then. Feel the feelings and experience it all over again. How do you feel? Hatred? Vengeance? A knot in your stomach? Is your forehead tense and furled? Now, if you feel any of those, that person holds power over you. Think about that. Reflect on what I just said. That person holds power over you. You see, they're the ones putting needles in the voodoo doll, and you feel the physical symptoms all over again every time you relive that event. 
Until you truly forgive that person for what they did, they hold power over you. Now, if you want to really regain everything you had before that event, call them if you can. Tell them you decided to forgive them for what happened. You may never forget that incident, but you can let go of the bitterness by forgiving. Now, all of us have heard that we should forgive, and it's even divine to forgive. And yet, I paid thousands of dollars to learn the power of forgiveness, which in itself may have made that seminar expense worthwhile. You see, others who haven't learned that lesson continue to have a cloud over their lives but not learning to forgive, and they, this may be, they may be paying a far higher price in pain and suffering than I paid, and maybe even depression medicine because of an accumulation of these events. Off of the wealth topic? Well, you decide. Let me share another one. This would be number 11, and I promise to stop on this one. I probably shared enough Kairos moments in my life to put you well on your way to writing down the key events or key moments or decision in your life. But I'll add one more. And this one I'll consider a minor one. And that will emphasize kind of that the sad moments or the tragedies in lives in our lives actually make us stronger or better. Just over four years ago, while I was doing a Learn to Earn a Higher Return seminar in North Phoenix, I remember the day very well. A fire broke out that destroyed our office and part of our home. When we returned, it was a few hours before the fire department could allow us to enter the property to see the damage and collect a few belongings to make it through the next few days. I remember the excitement trying to reach the insurance company, trying to find my car insurance card so that I could find a number that they could find the policy. And, you know, none of that stuff works when things are stressful. So anyway, when I finally did get in, my first reaction was how I hate that smell of wet, burnt wood. And how many mementos and CDs were laying over the floor as we walked, crunching, cracking them as we go. Some CDs were probably music, others software. I recognized mementos that had traveled around the world in ten moves, each signifying some event or accomplishment back in the corporate world. I actually remember picking up one of them, thinking back to the 80s when I received that memento, and yet it's all covered with charred and chemical residue from the extinguishing foams they use. Burns your hands in the bottom of your pants, which uh, looked like helps. I was wearing a suit that day. But anyway, when I put it all in perspective, even that day of being alive, safe, albeit homeless, and having the financial resources to move somewhere else temporarily, and having insurance that would cover a lot of the losses, all that stuff I was seeing really wasn't all that important. Seeing all that stuff damaged or destroyed in the fire, fire probably helped me develop the PIS principle. And PIS, by the way, has, uh, is an acronym that has two I's and two P's. So if you want to write that down, I'll explain it if you don't remember it. P-I-I-S-S. It's an acronym. As it turns out, all of the stuff that we accumulate is actually the antithesis of the PIS principle, and thus hurts our ability to accumulate wealth. You know that stuff. The stuff we accumulate through our lives that we eventually sell on a garage sale or a website like eBay or Craigslist or similar sites you find around the world. 
you sell it at a fraction of what we paid, or we sell it at what fraction of what we paid, or you sell it at a fraction. You, Paige, can't make sure you're, uh, what are those, participles? I don't know, pronouns? Who knows? Um, but someone who likes to accumulate stuff or may be able to use it in their trade or business buys it which is good. It's better than throwing it away. Let me remind you what that PISS principle stands for. Again, the letters P-I-I-S-S. And they stand for the words passive income equals sign investment plus savings plus simplification. That simple. So that fire actually helped me get rid of a lot of accumulated stuff and helped me simplify my life although I certainly wouldn't have caused a fire for that benefit. It happened. Although I never really had a strong need for des- or desire for things like newer and more expensive cars or bigger and more expensive homes or electronics or toys, the things that might impress other people but don't really bring us happiness. Well, after the fire, my desire for those things is even lower than before. It's much easier to accumulate wealth if you don't spend your money on expenses and if you buy income-generating assets instead. And I remind you, the acronym I often use for that, I-G-A, income-generating assets. The stuff we accumulate is an expense, and it hinders our ability to accumulate wealth. I promise to review the wealth DNA frameworks. Let's do that. I haven't done this in quite some time. First, the concept of wealth DNA is summarized with an analogy expressed as a PS, postscript, you only reap what you sow. In other words, we don't become wealthy by doing nothing. We need to work, invest, or both to have wealth. Second, each of the letters of wealth of, of DNA, excuse me, describe the three obstacles, the key obstacles, three key obstacles would prevent ninety five percent of people from becoming wealthy. Let's go through them in sequence, and they are an important sequence. The D is for desire. The obstacle which encompasses the addiction to poverty that Dr. Michael Carlton talked about and inspired me with. This obstacle stops the largest number of people who would like to be wealthy but aren't willing to do what it takes. The PS for the D obstacle is prepare the soil. If you can only reap what you sow, then just planting something in soil that isn't ready won't yield any crops. Just planting is not sufficient if the soil isn't ready. You see, many people would be willing to scatter some seeds and hoping to become wealthy, kind of like buying lottery tickets, but most are not willing to do the work to prepare the soil. They just hope it'll happen. Hope is not a proven wealth strategy, at least as far as I know. If you do, you found somebody that's been successful by hoping, let me know. The second obstacle, the N, stands for knowledge, or knowledge if you're an English teacher. The obstacle which probably takes the longest to overcome, you see there's no one book, no one course, no one seminar, or one wealth DNA radio show which is sufficient to give you enough knowledge to become a successful investor. But it's important to gain that knowledge to understand what you're investing and make sure you're picking the investments that will go up in value. The PS for the N obstacle is pick the seeds. 
See, preparing the soil was important, and it's the foundation, it's the beginning point. But if you plant crops not suited to the soil or to the climate, your investment will not be successful. Likewise, if your goal is to grow vegetables and you plant apple seeds, that certainly won't yield the results you expected. The third obstacle, the A, is for action. The obstacles so many people try to overcome before dealing with the prior two obstacles. Certainly, anyone can invest $1,000, but investing it so that it's safe, it's liquid, has a sufficient return to exceed inflation and taxes isn't so simple. On the other hand, preparing the soil, carefully picking the right seeds, and never planting them won't yield crops either. The PS for the A obstacle is plant those seeds, obviously in fertile soil and planting the seeds suited for the climate and the crop you want to grow. What are the Kairos moments that helped you develop a high level of wealth DNA and overcoming those obstacles? Now, rather than summarizing some of the key points we've covered, as I often do at the end of our shows, I'd like to deal with some of the next steps. Some of our listeners, and maybe even you, after developing your list of uh, Kairos moments or maybe identifying your list of Kairos moments, I like, I like that phrase better, might be asking, so what? The great McKinsey framework. So what? Now that I've written down these events or moments of decision, what do I do with them? Well, the first step I suggest is review those that helped you define you as a saver and investor. And you'll see that throughout mine, many of these key things had to do with my propensity to save, with my investments that I'm involved in. Maybe you grew up in a family which got you addicted to poverty, talking about how rich people are greedy, or money doesn't bring happiness, or about the filthy rich, and you certainly didn't want to grow up to become filthy. You may find that there are certain types of needs or wants that lead you to spending money on expenses rather than investing it. Or you may find the exact opposite. You receive more satisfaction from a good investment than from owning more material goods. Stuff. Or maybe you find Kairos moments where you were able to help someone, whether your own family or others, which led to a success. Or maybe they were the beginning of a new business venture as in my case. It's these events that define our wealth DNA and thus our ability to accumulate wealth. The second step, now that you've had your Kairos moments identified and written down, did I emphasize writing them down? The second step would be to, I would suggest, is to share the Kairos moments with people close to you, just as I have with you. And then ask about the Kairos moments in their lives. Now, if you happen to participate in the American tradition of Thanksgiving a month from now, what a great time that would be to share some of the Kairos moments you're thankful for and ask others about the ones they're thankful for. Now, admittedly, some people around the Thanksgiving table might think it's rather morbid than a thankful for my sister Eve being stillborn until they understand the rest of the story that was the beginning of my life. Some people might also find it strange that I'm thankful for people like George Mastrangelo, who defrauded a family. And yet, I'm thankful that he helped me create the foundation for a big opportunity in my life. I wish I would have seen it 35 years earlier. 
Now, few people would be surprised by my being thankful for Mrs. Harvillage, who, through her negative comments, inspired me excuse me, to prove her wrong and attend a university they may not have otherwise done. I truly believe this attitude of gratitude is critical for happiness and a fundamental step before seeking an even better life. If you're not thankful for the things you already have and the people in your life, how can you expect that receiving more will make us happy? By getting to know others through their Kairos moments, you might actually get some very pleasant surprises. Finding out that you, yes, you created one or more of those Kairos moments. And I will tell you, it's impossible to not feel good about what you've done if someone else really benefited. Now, if you happen to be still struggling to find some of these Kairos moments in your life, remember the quote I shared at the beginning from Tony Robbins. It is in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. To me, this is the easiest way to find the major Kairos moments in your life, to review those moments of decision. And I mentioned major Kairos moments, but notice I had talked about what I consider major and minor. What are those moments of decision that have changed you in one way or another? Whether it was my parents' decision as to whether to have another child, my decision to help someone providing them the funding to finish the home they were building, my decision on which university to attend, or whether to pack up and leave the country that was changing their tax laws, they were all moments of decision. And whether I made the right decision or not is not the issue. And there's certainly no way to go back and check for sure. But each of those decisions is like choosing the right path in the, wor- in the woods that Robert Frost so elegant, eloquently shared with us. You remember the poem? I also welcome your comments and your Kairos moments. Send an email to me, Ron at WealthDNA.us. Regular listeners of the Wealth DNA radio show know that our objective is to help one million people become millionaires, and I'm confident some of the moments that you put together as a result of what we talked about today will be extremely helpful in your journey to become one of those millionaires. You're well on your way. What got you there? What's stopping you? And remember, one of the best ways to increase your wealth, tune into the show twice a month. We'll share the investment fundamentals, some great ideas and insights related to topics no one else tells you about. Many thanks to BI Solutions Corp. for sponsoring today's show. They are a residential real estate fund based in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area, and they help me and many listeners attain the holy grail of investing. And I remind you that holy grail of investing is income for life. The next Wealth DNA Radio Show will be the 20th, twentieth. I won't tell you the date because I don't remember. Actually, I do. The next Wealth DNA Radio Show will be the second Monday of November, and that's Monday, November 9th, 9 a.m. Arizona, same place, same time. Unless, of course, you change your clocks between now and then, and many of you will. We'll be talking about millennials' investing habits with Philip Rakusin, a lawyer and CEO and co-founder of Energy Funders. Whether you're a millennial, Generation X, or Baby Boomer, I'm sure you'll enjoy the show. I plan to be here. I hope you will, too. As usual, you'll find the lineup of guests on uh, on our topics on WealthDNA.us. I'm not sure they're all up yet, since we're just confirming some of the next few. But there you'll find the archive of past shows, too. Again, WealthDNA.us. 
If you have some comments, suggestions, questions on today's show, or you're willing to share some of your Kairos moments, I'd love to get an email from you. And uh, if you have trouble finding past shows, also send me an email, ron at wealthdna.us. Let me try that again, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing and, and identifying your Kairos moments. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. Follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started. <laughs>